Welcome to the club, man. You're my shit! My shit! What we've got here is failure to communicate. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. This is the worst day of my life. Worst day of your life so far. He's looking at you, kid. There's no crying in baseball! I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. To infinity and beyond! Welcome to episode 18 of the Heritage Film Club. This time we are talking Princess Mononoke, which was Brian's pick. And Brian will be back with the facts in a minute. Until then, let's roll that trailer. In a time when gods walk the earth, an epic battle rages between the encroaching civilization of man and the gods of the forest. When the forest has been cleared and the wolves wiped out, this place will be the richest land in the world. Now, the fate of the world rests on the courage of one fearless princess. I'm not afraid to die, and I would do anything to get the humans out of here. And one brave warrior. Fight like a demon, boy. Like something possessed. What exactly are you here for? To see with eyes unclouded by hate. Now watch closely, everyone. I'm going to show you how to kill a god. Fire! if you choose. Princess Mononoke. Ashitaka, a prince of the disappearing Emishi people, is cursed by a demonized boar god and must journey to the west to find a cure. Along the way, he encounters San, a young human woman fighting to protect the forest, and Lady Eboshi, who is trying to destroy it. Ashitaka must find a way to bring balance to this conflict. So this week we are doing the 1997 anime film Princess Mononoke from Studio Ghibli, written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki, at a running time of 134 minutes. It's a long one. Uh, has a cast including Billy Crudup, Claire Danes, Minnie Driver, Billy Bob Thornton, Keith David, Gillian Anderson, John DiMaggio, and Jada Pinkett Smith. And the English adaptation was done by famous author Neil Gaiman. Hi guys, welcome. Good intro. Thanks. Very good. I found Hello. my new calling. Look at that. Mike, you're out. <laughs> so I guess we should be clear that the majority of us watch the English adaptation. Yeah. Did anyone do the Japanese version? Yeah, I did the whole thing in Japanese, so I'm not going to be able to comment on the um, the voice actors. <laughs> yeah, good point. Wow. wow. 
I wish I'd thought of that. That would have been easy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> nice. You spent the whole movie reading the screen, yeah? I did, yeah. Damn. Did you get to enjoy the animation, though? Yeah, I did. I still found it really nice. I, I usually watch foreign films reading the subtitles, um, yeah. usually because the subs aren't that great, but uh, apparently this one was quite good. Yeah, normally I'd prefer a subbed version, but man, this was not a short movie, and also I was just too tired. I just <laughs> needed English. Oh, yeah, ignorant folk. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'll put my hand up for that. Jared's the only one that's cultured. Yeah, yeah, I tried to remember my high school Japanese classes, but they didn't didn't come that much in handy. Nice. And you're the closest to being out of high school out <laughs> of all of us. <laughs> we have no hope. True. Yeah, some of us are beyond hope. Um, <laughs> I'll put my hand up. To run the numbers, I guess, this movie had a budget of approximately $23.5 million. It's approximately because the original figure I found was in Japanese yen and someone had happily worked out a conversion. What was the yen? Uh, oh, gosh. Oh, you didn't keep it. That's right. I did, but I can't remember which one is, depends on which way you look at billion. 2.4 okay. billion yen. Okay. Yeah. That sounds way more impressive. It does. I mean, it's, yeah, it's like, it's like making a film in a lira. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or New Zealand dollars. Or you, yeah. <laughs> well, around about the same. <laughs> Cumulative worldwide gross of very accurate figure of we got one hundred and sixty nine hundred and sixty nine million dollars. Sorry, I was having difficulty reading numbers. Do you know if this movie got a cinema release at all, or was it just a home movie? Uh, cinema release, yeah. Oh, from what, okay. I, what I read, the the American release was a little underdone. Um, that the U.S. gross figure that I was able to find was four point eight million. Ah. Oh. Yeah, and it was it was a little. I think they kind of underestimated how well it was going to do, or they just made an assumption that it wasn't. The distributors made an assumption it wasn't going to be popular, um, yeah. and kind of undersold it. I think it's one of the first Studio Ghibli movies that Disney translated for the American audience or Western audiences. Yeah. So Studio Ghibli may not have been as mainstream as it might be now, if you can even call it mainstream yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, that's, for that's real, popular. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I did read about it being re-released over in the States at some point. I don't know if that's happened yet, but I assume they, they might even get a bigger box office there now that the movie's more popular. Yeah, now that, now that it's better known. Um, and from what I read, Miyazaki had apparently intended that this would be his last movie. <laughs> I know. He says that all yeah, the time. And, and this one did so well that he continued, and that's where we ended up with things like Spirited Away and so forth. So, so I guess, you know, with, with those being a little more, a little better known, if you were to re-release it now, I figure it would probably take off a bit more, yeah. He also did one that you really like, Clayton. Did House Move and Castle? Yeah, and did he do um, my neighborhood tutorial? Yeah, or yeah. the big, the big grazing. Well. Yeah, with that. That was before this. Oh, that was before this. But the other two, House Moving Castle and Spirited Away, were after. Yes. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Yeah. yeah, and and then he keeps saying he's going to retire, but then he apparently has another movie already in the right, works. Yeah, so always so, keen to keep going, I guess, which is great. Keep getting great movies. So. Yeah. He's an old dude, but I'm not complaining because mm-hmm. you got to watch these movies. If you guys haven't watched these movies, the guys who are listening, not you guys who I'm talking to, obviously, <laughs> um, you need to watch these movies. I assume if you're listening, you've at least watched this one, but these are some top shelf animation. Yeah. I think you and I have been pondering, I think, separately, Mike doing anime you know, on this for mm-hmm. a while. And like I, said, like I said last time, it was a case of which one of us was going to blink first. I think it was always going to be a Miyazaki. And I pondered doing Spirited Away, which I've already seen. And I thought, well, that kind of seems to be a universally loved movie. And I just wasn't sure what you guys were going to make of, of this or what I would make of it because I hadn't seen it. And so I thought, let's go with this one. Yeah, really pleased I, I watched it. Not my favorite of the ones I've seen so far, but I really enjoyed it. So of the ones you have seen, what is your favorite? Uh, Howl's Moving Castle. 
I see. I still need to see yeah, that. I really, really liked that. I would place this one second mm. and then spirit it away, which is probably going to have people really? hanging up on me now and just to say, "Yeah, I'm done with you." Mm. Yeah, of the of those, that'll be my be my top three. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll probably just say something quickly mm. that, as we often mention, this is an uneducated film chat, and this one may sound especially uneducated <laughs> because uh, names are hard, and <laughs> we're just gonna. Do the best we can. Not not even pronunciation, just remembering them. So any super hardcore Princess Mononoke fans, sorry. Yeah, I'm apologizing. You might want to absolutely. You might want to bail out now, (laughs) but um, we'll try and make it as as um, good as we can. Should be fine. He's heard all the names in Japanese. He's great. Yeah, yeah. You you can correct us. You'll be fine. Yeah, I will. (laughs) Good on you. We might just refer to the wolves as wolves yeah. and the, the boar as boar. And, uh, Big wolf, small that. wolf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brother and sister wolf or whatever. I don't even know if they're born to go. But anyway, carry on, Brian. Sorry. Well, we were kind of pondering popularity. I guess uh, it falls on me to, to put out the Rotten Tomatoes question. What do you reckon, guys? Uh, critics or audience? And any guess at a score? I reckon it's really close. I, I don't think it's separated by much. I, yeah, I couldn't pick. Um, I'm going to say this is a total crapshoot. But I'm going to say critics, and I know they'll be high. So mid-90s? I'd go audience, but like 90s as well. Wow. That's about as close as we've ever gotten. Nice work, guys. I didn't even think about it before I looked it up, and it was would have been a total guess. And it was audience 94%, critic, yeah. critics 93%. Oh, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that is – yeah, that's as close as you're going to get, I think, in terms of that. And I, I love the fact that it was almost even mm-hmm. and so high. Yeah, it's a good consensus. Yeah, it's really yeah. interesting that that was the case. So, yeah, those are our numbers. But again, there are a lot of there are a lot of Miyazaki diehards, mm-hmm. so that'll help the audience popularity go yeah. up and score as yeah. well. Plus, I guess it's it's nice. You know, always one of my bugbears that the, the scores tend to be really high on the first release of something. You know, but this is like say 1997 movie, so this is over time. That's really endured from an audience point of view. This is what I assume is going to happen with the Snyder Cut. <laughs> Didn't want to put it out there, but now that you mention it. Um. It'll come out the gate big and then it'll go <laughs> as the, the months roll on. I guess. Uh, yeah. Not biased, just saying. It's a thing. Right. So anyway, moving on to this movie. So yeah, I guess round the trap, shall we? Who's going first? What, what everybody made of it? Uh, Jared. Yeah, well, I, I haven't watched much anime. Um, I have enjoyed the ones I watched and I really did enjoy this like that first scene was just like so intense you're like yeah this is gonna be really good solid storyline i definitely wasn't expecting the level of like sort of violence and gore in the movie mm-hmm. um, i like, know right yeah, for sure it was <laughs> awesome and i've seen it before <laughs> yeah. and i didn't remember that like, decap- guys getting decapitated left and right losing their out ar- their so arms good. but mm-hmm. yeah yeah it, w- it was great yeah nice mike clayton can i ask oh, you no. oh sorry oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll do mine, but can I just ask you a question, Clay? Yeah, man. So you said when Brian announced this, I don't know if you said it on the podcast or after. I probably said it on the podcast. I think I know what you're asking. Probably. Yeah. You said, yeah, I really love this movie. I've seen it a lot because my kids like it. Yes. You let your kids watch this? Yeah. Well, they watch anything um, um, Studio Ghibli because of their mum. So You know, I understand that, but this one is quite graphic. No, so my youngest gets a bit scared yeah. with the, like, when the boar transforms. 
Oh yeah. And and he's five, so he he gets a bit scared when the ball transforms and turns into bone. And then later on, when they chop off, well, spoiler, they chop off the head, and then the um spirit, the forest monster, turns into that big giant forest monster and starts killing everything. But what about the the white boar at the end that's like mm. just gushing blood all the time? Oh yeah, he and... gets scared of that part. Yeah. The older boy. Yeah, he just thinks it's awesome because it's just like it's, it's just violence. <laughs> There's so many scenes in this movie I could see scaring kids. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, because I was watching it, knowing you said that, and I was like, really? But to be honest, by the the part where the boars actually declare war on the humans, and then they have that big battle that you don't really see, you know what I mean? And yeah. they're running through the forest. If we watch this in the evening, they'll fall asleep by that point, and so they're watching the scary part. In the morning, during right. the day, but yeah, that. Yeah. But they like the part, especially where he, uh, where the main character turns basically, you know, his arms black, and he can shoot the arrow, and it can swipe off people's arms and heads, and they think it's hilarious. You know, as we mentioned before, we came on the record, his Hulk smash arm. Yes, <laughs> my goodness, that's so awesome. Yeah, so for my view on the movie or whatever, it is extremely beautifully animated Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of anime up there and this is not a criticism it's a fact Mm. that you know they cheap out and especially tv anime where they use a lot of held cells where the picture is frozen in place and maybe the mouth is only moving sometimes not even that or the characters are talking or thinking it comes across cheap and when you watch something like this it is just complete other end of the spectrum so you can't even lump all anime just like you can't lump all animation western animation into one sort of thing but this is just man the the detail in the background those background artists yeah did a bang up job amazing isn't it yeah especially the forests like every little plant uh just the textures oh it's so good and then the character animation the way they move the way movements animated it's uh it's it's just outstanding. There's it's a, really, really there's a nice. a bit with the red elk kind of, it's, it's all, it comes out of the water when they get back to Iontown mm-hmm. and it's sort of shot for kind of three quarter from behind sort of thing. And then the elk is shaking itself dry yes. and the level of detail in that thing. I went back mm-hmm. and watched it. You said, rewind it and go again. It's just the level of detail. And, and as the, as it's fur moves or whatever if you would call it, I'm thinking, this is amazing. The detail in this is just, it's incredible. Yeah. There's also the scene where San is riding the red elk. Mm-hmm whose name escapes me, so again, apologies. And uh, she's carrying um, Ashitaka because he's been wounded. And the elk bucks her off, and it's doing the bucking movement. So she comes off quite smoothly, which looks really Mm -hmm. good. And then it's still bucking. Like, it's really, really well done. It's it's like just watching a real animal Mm -hmm. move. It's it's just really, really masterfully animated. And, yeah, yeah, I can't say enough good things about the level of animation in this. And uh, other than that, yeah, it's it's a bit long, two hours and 40 minutes. Some parts did drag on a bit, I found, personally. I don't know. It's the sort of story where, you know, there's all this criticism against Avatar for being like Fern Gully and just being this pro-environment movie, which this is mm. as well. Yeah, yeah it's, I don't know. It's Sometimes it feels like quite preachy, but overall, I really enjoy the the characters in this movie. I love Sun. I think she's got a great character design and I just want a shelf full of toys. Ashitaka looks great, especially when he wears his hood and his mask. And if I could get some sort of statue with him on the elk, I'd be 
very happy person. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I really enjoyed the character that's supposed to be the villain in the movie. I really enjoyed her, voiced by Minnie Driver. Unfortunately, Minnie Driver's voice is very recognizable. So it took me a little bit. I didn't bit. pick it. I oh, really? didn't pick it. I didn't even pick Claire Danes. I, 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 oh, Claire Danes is very I, clear. I specifically to me. waited yeah. till the end not to look up any of the voices. I just wanted to see if I could pick it all the way through, apart from some of the obvious ones like Gillian Anderson and Keith David, which were you know, John DiMaggio, which were easy. And yeah, I, I honestly didn't pick either of those. I think for Minnie Driver, it's because um, I'm a big fan of Tarzan, the Disney uh, movie. Yeah, okay. Where she plays Jane mm. and um, Cross Point Blank. movie. Tarzan? Yeah, oh, it's brilliant. fantastic. But that's for another show. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I It's a superb movie. It's beautiful to look at, which is another reason I was happy to watch it in English. Um, yeah. One thing, um, oh, sorry, just before you go, um, you said before about the villain. It's it's kind of interesting, like Ashitaka, the, the protagonist, he doesn't really have a villain that he's fighting through the whole movie. He's sort of helping everyone yeah, sort of come villain. together. So there's not like one true villain. Hmm. It's just everyone else is fighting each other. She's the antagonist yeah. by default. Yeah. But, but he, again, he's still not like fighting any, her. Yeah. No, she, no, he's mm. not. And like any good antagonist, she doesn't think she's in the wrong. Mm. And that's what makes a good antagonist for my money. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's my thoughts. I found a, just sort of on that line, I guess I found some, some quotes from an American guy who worked for, for Studio um, Ghibli. And we'll come back to some of the stuff later on. Um, that's okay, because there's some pretty cool stuff in here. But yep. um, he mentions it's, it's some quotes from his book that he wrote and says there were questions from Mirabax about, you know, this guy, Lord, Lord Asano, who is he? Is he a good guy or a bad guy? Who are the samurai working for? Why are they attacking Lady Eboshi? All of these kinds of questions. And this guy says, I explained that Miyazaki really doesn't have good guys or bad guys in his films, but tries to take a more nuanced view of human nature. I told them that I didn't know exactly if there were clear answers to their questions and that part of Miyazaki's intent was for us to think about it or to be satisfied with the uncertainty of not knowing for sure. That's a good explanation. I thought that was, I thought that was quite nicely put, and it's an interesting thing to think about. On that point, just before we move on to mm. Clayton, I feel like that was, and I don't know about you guys, an underdeveloped and almost unnecessary side plot was the um, the samurai soldiers mm. coming to attack Hyatt. Yeah, a little bit, I think, yeah. It sort of didn't really go into detail much about that they just sort of turn up and yeah it happens yeah i thought <laughs> maybe it had something to do with aboshi sort of abandoning them but at the end there's yeah. no real payoff for that no not really i mean they have a off-screen siege mm -hmm. of iron town mm -hmm. i guess but again it's all off-screen mm -hmm. so you just sort of hear about it through other characters i don't know don't know if it really needed to be there. You could have just used Eboshi, for lack of a better term, as as the villain. As, as the villain, yeah. Because it just that would have been enough. Just to swing back to another, just another really brief point on this. Again, some from notes apparently that Miyazaki had given. This is that that Jigo says he works for the Emperor, but the Emperor is not how we think of him now. You know, because I'm thinking Emperor and Palace and you know traditional, yeah. if you like. He would have been living in poverty and making a living selling his signature. Who does Jigo really work for? We don't know. He has a document signed by the emperor. It doesn't mean anything. So, it, and even in that respect, if you know, from what you were just saying, it's like, well, again, do they need to be there? How much does it add yeah, by, exactly. by um, in that context? Yeah. And speaking of Jigo, the the most unmonkish monk I've <laughs> yeah. ever seen since Fry Attack, probably. <laughs> With just about the best line in the movie. Which line? It's about the the line where he's waiting for. He sees Ashitaka turn up in the village, and he's um, drinking the soup. And it's it's a line that Gaiman apparently rewrote 
And now I'm really going to see if I can find it in my notes again. I know which scene you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, because it talks about Gaiman having reworked the script and said, this isn't, the whole thing isn't just going to be me reading stuff for ages, I promise. Things that worked fine in Japanese but not in English were tweaked to, to restore the liveliness that direct translation had robbed them of. For example, in one scene, Jigo Bo complains that the okayu, or rice gruel, he's just paid for tastes like hot water. This sounds forceful yeah. enough in Japanese but flabby in English. Gaiman rewrote the translation as, this soup tastes like horse piss. Weak horse piss. <laughs> um, in the Japanese version, um, the subtitle said that. Okay. Yeah. Right. The English subtitles are probably based on yeah. game and yeah, script, I, I would figured, imagine. Yeah. I would yeah. so. I just thought, yeah. Candidate for best line anyway. Not a bad one. Should we go back to Clayton? <laughs> We've robbed Clayton this 21 yeah. minutes in and we yeah. haven't what, talked. Clayton, what did you think of the soup? <laughs> <laughs> the soup? Man. Um, the whole movie was awesome. Um, but, but again, I've seen it before. But some of my favorite parts of the movie, you know, the little white creatures, the Kadamas? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The creepy. The, yes, I want toys of them. The forest spirits, they were awesome. Yes. Uh, creepy as well. Mm. Yeah, creepy but fun. And it's just the fact that their heads turn right around and disappear, it just cracks me up every time. I love how the heads turn like three quarters of the way and then stop and then spring back and make the clicking sound. It's, oh man, it's, they're really cute, but they're really creepy. Uh, do you know what else is creepy? You know the boar scene when they go to infect the big boar? Yeah. And they got the humans, and the humans are wearing the dead skin of the boars? Dude, oh. so creepy. <laughs> and it's so well animated, too. And just how they move through the forest. And it's like, oh, shit, that, that doesn't seem right. But it's like, oh, it's weird. So true. Because, you know, I was thinking, because I, I couldn't remember the movie, because it's been a long time. And I thought... Because I think they they first say, oh, it's it's people wearing the the skins of the boars. Yep. But then I was like, is it because the way they're moving is like maybe they're um it's the demons or whatever. But then it was the but the way they animate that, it actually does look like something is wearing the skins of the, yeah. these thing, and it's creepy <laughs> AF man. Yeah, good call. That, and I also like the part you know where he's in an Iron Town and um the wolf girl and the bad evil lady they have a fight. Yeah, and then he separates him, and he gets shot. Then he walks out, and he's just bleeding oh, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And then he has to push open the door, and they're like, "Don't open the door! Don't open the door!" The like the drawbridge door, and then he just it takes ten men or something. Yeah, and he just stands, and his arm gets bigger, and he just hulks it out, and then he just keeps on going out on his way. That was awesome. Yeah, that's pretty badass. I love that whole bit from right from the point where. She's racing in on the so, wolves and, you know, the, up against yeah. the spiked wall right from that whole point where she attacks and just the way that they've got her animated in motion. Then there's the fight and all that right to the bit where he walks out. That, that was my favorite sequence. It was just captivated by the whole thing. Yeah, that's that's an example of when I was saying, like, the, the movement animation mm-hmm. has done so well because when she springs up onto that wall, yeah. she doesn't stick her knife or a spear or anything into the wood straight away. She goes up onto the wall and then her feet scramble. Yeah. And then she sticks it in to get her, you know, to stay up on the wall and then move up. I was like, man, that's really cool because you don't have to do that. That's just extra time you've spent animating to make it look cool. And that's the realism of it kind of thing. You know, how how would you climb a wall? Like we're ever going to do it off the back of a wolf. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then her running across the rooftops Mm -hmm. and, and, oh man, it's a very cool scene. Even the fight between her and and Eboshi, it's it's kind of brutal. You know, they're they're going at it pretty, um, pretty hardcore. And then he separates them, you know? Yep. One thing I, I found creepy, I don't know if it was meant to be, but that the forest god, just the face was like, oh, it creeped me out. Like, yeah. it's so <laughs> like, it's so like flat on straight at, I mm-hmm. guess, um, the camera, I guess you'd say. Yeah. And like, there's just that creepy smile. 
Yeah, I found that I really disturbing. Like that, I really, that I really found that disturbing. It's like, oh, what do you boys make of that, Clayton? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? A, by that time, my youngest one's like digged into me, <laughs> just hiding. The older one's just like, uh, I'm okay, but really, he's not. But you know, uh, I think I think that also comes off creepy because when you first see that spirit, you don't see the face or the head. No. Because you're seeing it from behind or by the side yeah. or whatever, and then when it reveals, it's not what your mind expects. Not you're at all. Expecting more like a like a deer or that sort of shaped yeah, head. Exactly. And then it comes out what it is, and it just screws with your mind, and it it makes it come across creepier because it's out of the norm, mm-hmm. I guess. You know, at the end of the movie, yeah, he got cured, right? Yeah. Yes. So could both he, of them. Because at the start of the movie, he got infected. And his tribe was all like, you've been affected. Cut off your hair. You're banished. Goodbye. Yeah, and, you're the prince. But- yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he leaves. Yeah. He he got cured, but he chose not to go back to his hometown. He was going to stay there and help Irontown rebuild, blah, 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 blah. Do you reckon he'd be allowed back in his hometown if he rocked up? Well, he cut his hair off, so I don't know if that's... You do you like, reckon that's part of the ritual, like... Goodbye, you're banished. Yeah, maybe once. Well, because they said you're dead. Yeah, to us. and then allowed to watch him leave. And but his, his he's now the, un- he's now cured though. Yeah, and I wonder. It's, I guess he could try, yeah. but he's got a whole new life now. He's he's got a different purpose yeah. over the course of the movie. Oh, and, no, I was just wondering. And when he leaves, he seems kind of pretty stoic about it. And it's just accepted. He doesn't really talk about going back or anything. You know, he's just yeah, he's he always forward. The deal. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good way His to put poor it. Poor sister though. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bit sad. She could always go to Irontown, but it's a long way away. <laughs> he went. Yeah. He travelled yeah. quite a distance. I don't really want anybody else to know where the tribe is because they're yeah hidden, lost, mm. something. So, any other thoughts, Clayton, or are we just no? Go for it was more? just yeah. it was it was great. I enjoyed the violence of the movie, and it like it held held my attention. I wasn't bored. It was yeah. good. I mean, I watched it in English. I don't know how I would go. To be honest, if I watched watched it with subtitles like Jared because I feel I would be too busy trying to read, let alone trying to watch the actual animation itself. I don't know how you did that, Jared. Hats off to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, think, I think it was all right. I, I still enjoyed it watching it like that. I think when you are used to watching subtitle movies, because yeah. I went through a phase, mm. sort of learn how to skim the subtitles mm. enough to still be able to watch the picture. Yeah. So it, it's sort of, you know, I guess you just train your mind. Hmm. And then yeah. people are just going to be going, it's not that hard. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, yeah it's, you know, if, if you're not used to it, or especially if you're not a fast reader, it'll be tricky. Yeah, so yeah. I struggle with them. I, I struggle to concentrate. I end up finding myself reading more than seeing. And I, I think I, yeah. I'm, mm. I'm glad that I watched this movie, you know, kind of took it all in sort of thing. And mm. I guess maybe with something like this, there's so much to look at as well. You don't. It's hard to get distracted when the visuals are so nice. Oh, yeah. There's sweeping yeah, shots it's... of the water and the, the smoke and everything. You know, like you say, it's just all gorgeous scenery. Yeah, it um, makes a case for, I mean, I know this is from 1997. So actually, they should re-release it next year because wouldn't that be 25 years? I know my maths is usually pretty shoddy, so I don't know. 35? No, no. Anyway, who cares? <laughs> 20. Um, 25. I'm 25, right there. It's yeah, 25. Okay. Yeah. We're pretty yeah. established. I'm struggling so with that's the numbers when you today. <laughs> Help us out, guys. Yeah. But that makes a case for 2D animation. Oh, hell yeah. America abandoned it, thanks Pixar. But, you know, there's a strong case. I mean, if you can make something that looks as amazing as this, then the art is not dead. 
Yeah, I, I think embarrassingly enough, you know, like you were saying before, there's, there's some animation that's where, what did you call it? Held cells? Was that yeah. the term for it? I, I, know. Um, I think all the stuff I'd seen before would have been, say, TV animation, One Piece and, and things like that. Pokemon. Pokemon. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm a massive Pokemon fan. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and so maybe I'd kind of got that idea in my head, well, this is what it's all like. And then when I finally sat down and so said, what's something like Hell's Moving Castle? It's like, Brian, you're an idiot. Where have you been? And you see something like this, and it's just, this is just, okay. I've been watching at the at the wrong level here. Yeah, that's true. And but I, then I also think that this particular movie is not the one you introduce somebody to anime with. No, because it is quite. Um, yeah, it's it's not um, it's, it's not like it's hard, but it's a lot, to, and it's long. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and it probably yeah, is something is, that you wouldn't expect. In like talking about the violence and and the gore of it, I wasn't expecting it. The first one where he's galloping through the through that the fight with the samurai, they're attacking that village, and the yeah. guy's arms come off. And I'm like, what? what was the other thing? Yeah, one guy's head pops off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The other guy's just standing there looking at his arms, which are now pinned to the tree. Thinking, okay, this is not quite what I was signed up for, but that's okay. Oh, yeah, you need to watch. And then the horse, the horse guy. <laughs> That's my Where the favorite. horse is there. Yep. And then the second horse comes up and he's got no head and then he just falls yeah. off the horse. <laughs> oh, no, my favorite one, and I think it's outside Irontown, is these two samurais are charging on horse there in the distance. And Ashitaka takes one's head off with the arrow yep. and you just see the other horse and rider turn around. <laughs> yeah, they just, they just leg it. And yeah, ride yeah. off. <laughs> like, there's no like attempt to fight. He's just like, yeah, nope. I'm done here. Okay, that's <laughs> two down. Oh, here he goes. Yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, that cracked me up so much. I rewound and watched it again because it was just so Absolutely. funny. It's a nice piece of visual yeah. comedy. Oh, um, but even the very beginning, the movie starts with some amazing animation oh, in the form of the the demon before you know it's a boar. Yeah. And it's just this massive black sort of worm type things. And man, it all moves. I mean, the whole mass is moving, but then all these little worm things are also moving. I was just thinking, someone's got extreme rsi in their wrists from having to animate this because this is insane then when it reveals it's the boar it looks really awesome and oh there's just oh yeah can't keep talking about the visuals it's just stunning i I love how all all that stuff comes together though it's because like you were saying before jared it just drops you right in because there's not even open titles you know it's just you're right in there you get the the, get the voiceover intro and then boom you're right in and there's the boar and the tower and all of that. And it just, it's straight and it's not like action all the way, but it just keeps moving. And I really liked the way it was, I just said a couple of times where they'd go from really loud, from, obviously from a sound point of view, you're attacking the boar and all of that kind of thing. And then next thing they're up in that meeting house, I guess you'd call it. And it's quite sedate and it's really calm. And it, I think it mixes the way that the, the motion and the calm bits go really well. There's, there's one point where it starts, that's a, quite a really quiet scene. And then the next one, it's the, the boars are running and it's super loud. And it just keeps sort of taking you back and forth without it being jarring. I thought it was, it was really nicely mixed in terms of how all that flowed together. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but you know, and you kind of add, yeah, add, there's, there's a nice add the sound to the, to the, to the visuals and it all just, it all came together really, really nicely for me. It is a complete package. And I did have a couple of problems because, you know, someone's got to chuck Ooh. a couple on the table here. Okay. So I'll go right to the end. I had the ending seemed weird to me. The, the, Which the, part? There was a long ending. The right at the very, the right at the very they, end. Because they've... They didn't yeah, fall in love? Yeah, that's part of it. They've, they've been sort of building up this whole thing of, you know, here's, here's this girl that you love and you want to save her and 
all of this kind of thing. And it almost feels like it's going that way. And then she says, I can never forgive the humans. So I'm going back into the forest. And he says, I understand. I'm going to help them rebuild Iron Town. I'll come and see you when I can. And it's went, okay, that was kind of odd. And then G goes just up there, crouched upon his, his sandals up on a rock, going, oh, well, that didn't work. And off he goes. And there's, yeah. and there's no payoff there. And I get that Iboshi, she uh, kind of has a bit of a change of heart. And she says, you know, we'll build it again and we'll build, build it better. And I thought that was pretty cool. But the other bits were really kind of jarring to me in terms of how it ended. Yeah, it's funny because like a lot of movies and even Burn After Reading. But no, what was the movie we watched? And we were like, did you get the sense that these, oh, Wind River. And we were saying mm. that, you know, there was that one scene with Elizabeth Olsen and Jeremy Renner. And we're like, it sort of was, was almost, almost trying to tease. Yeah that there might be something that's going to happen. And then we were very happy at the end when it didn't happen. Yeah. And now we're the opposite. We're like, damn it. I wonder whether that was kind of, you know, you almost expect that kind of thing because it's what you normally see in movies and whether we're kind of reading in. But this one, they, they kind of set it up. Yeah, totally. Yeah, they this one it. wasn't even a tease. No, they say it all the time. They're like, yeah, they talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Doesn't the, um again, names escape me, but the, the god wolf, the mother wolf, who's voiced by Julian Anderson, doesn't she even say he wants to give his life to you? Somebody says it to yeah. her. Yeah. And he, mm-hmm. um, he wants to give his life to you or something. And she's just like, meh. Yeah. And, and he, <laughs> so he, he gives her that, that necklace and she's yep. kind of amazed by it or touched by it. She saves his life multiple times. Mm-hmm. And then, and yeah, the, just. You're a, you're a human and I can't forgive you. And yep. she's human. And it's not like he even says, I'll come and visit you every day. It's just mm-hmm. like, eh, I'll come and see you when I, I see can. Again. It, it just seemed really. Even from his point of view, regardless of her views. Which her views stay within character. But when he says, I'll just come and see you when I can, yeah. it's like, but you're the one who's in love with her. I wonder is maybe that is that the English translation thing, or is it just, or the change of maybe. the script maybe and maybe in, in, in Japanese the dialogue was different? Was this like Disney mandated maybe? Or though if it was, they'd probably be yeah. t- they'd stay together perhaps? Or, or, I'm, I'm, no, I don't think Disney got a say because it was, well, it was Miramax, but they didn't get a say. They tried, but they didn't. Mm, yeah. But I don't want to step over a potential trivia. There's, there's so. some fun stuff around that too, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, the, the other thing that, that kind of was a little, dropped the score a little bit for me, that voice cast is amazing. You know, lots of famous people, great voice actors. Some of it, some of them I really, really liked, and some I found really jarring. Was it Billy Bob Thornton? Billy Bob Thornton, absolutely. I really, <laughs> I, it's bugged me the whole time. Uh, who did he play? He, he was he was Gigo, the, the monk, the, the oh, unmonkly okay. monk. With the sandals. Who runs, yeah. who runs really quickly on those sandals. Oh, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Always been a, a massive Gillian Anderson fan from way back, but I really didn't get that the whole, was it really kind of a deadpan, and I guess probably from direction, a deadpan delivery, but even the voice just didn't match for me. I thought Keith David as the the boar, the boar god, he, he was amazing. Yeah, he was also the narrator at the start. Yeah, narrator at the start, exactly. Yeah, but the wolf really took me out of it. And then John DiMaggio, and I'm a massive fan of John DiMaggio, Bender and all sorts of, he's more Marcus Phoenix from uh, Gears of War. And, you know, he was he had lots of voices, but there was just something about all of that just really grated. And I kept hearing him doing other, sounded like other incidental voices. And I kept thinking, there he is again. Well, that's a hard one because he is a lot of incidental voices in a lot of things. In a lot of other, yeah, but in a lot of other stuff. But I thought with this one, if you just cast him as one, just as Gonza, and then that would do. It seemed really odd. Whereas, say, Mini Driver and Billy Crudup and Claire Danes, I thought just absolutely killed it. I see they were the opposite because Claire Danes was very Claire Danes for me. Mini Driver was, I mean, I really liked her hmm. portrayal of the character and I liked that character, but it was still every time she talked, I was like, I was a Mini Driver or Jane from Tarzan. And Billy Bob, I didn't mind so much because I find like I've watched other anime and that sort of fits. There are sort of characters like that that talk okay. like that. 
John DiMaggio, I felt really bad when I looked at the cast afterwards and didn't realize he was even in it. But I'm not a big, I'm not as big a Futurama fan as you. Right, yeah. Yeah, so there are a few surprises in there for me, but Billy Bob Thornton and Mini Driver were the two that stood out, like it was clearly them. Yeah, no, like I say, Mini Driver, I never picked, and Claire Danes, I, I didn't at all, so that was the thing. Yeah, John DiMaggio, I was like... I couldn't pick any of the voice actors in the one I watched. That's that's funny. But also, I was going to say to you, because we mentioned Keith David does the narration at the beginning, but the Japanese yeah. version doesn't have a narration. Um, I was trying to think back when you were saying that. Was there a narration? No, in the Japanese one, there's not, because it's setting yeah. it up for the English. Mm-hmm. Because I think, and again, I don't want to step over potential stuff you're going to talk about, but there's a lot of Shinto symbolism and different other religious aspects that have been incorporated into the movie. No, I don't have any of that. Okay, well, I think the Japanese pick up that stuff because it's more common knowledge to them. I could be way off, but the English narration was for us ignorant who just need stuff explained to them. Yeah, they didn't seem set kind of really explicitly, I guess, yeah. Yeah, but I think that worked well. It wasn't. It didn't seem like a forced narration, and it didn't seem like over-exposition or anything. It was no. sort of the right tone, the right length, and then just moved on. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it's, um, I mean even we're talking about, you know, say, even the theme before, you know, you'd have to be trying hard to miss the theme. Oh my gosh! You have oh, yeah, sleep. <laughs> yeah, completely. It's right out there, right? So, yeah. Again, sometimes stuff. it's just a bit on the nose, but Avatar's like that as well. But I'm not comparing this movie as light years ahead of Avatar. Don't get me wrong. Or Fern Gully. <sighs> so, what else have you learned, so, um, Brian? So, what else have I learned? I had some some stuff I wanted to, to go over, which was talking about the the English dub, if you like, yep. because as you say, uh, Neil Gaiman was hired to to do it. Big Gaiman fan myself. That's pretty cool too, though. It is, it is pretty cool. Yeah, and he, and he sounds like he, he really stood his ground on a lot of this stuff, um, which I guess I'll, I'll kind of come to in a second if that's all right. Uh, one, one piece of trivia I did find was that apparently Miramax had originally contacted Quentin Tarantino to write the script adaptation. What? I knew that would get you. Yeah. Can, can you imagine? <laughs> Crazy. Well, it's got the violence, but not enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you imagine? Um, There'd be a lot. Yeah. That'd be a different. It'd be like a cartoon version of Kill Bill, which was already done because there was anime in Kill Bill. But this would be. Can't imagine what the what the dialogue would be like. Yeah, it'd be very different. Yeah, it'd be Quentin Tarantino would never be able to do it because he wouldn't be able to cut his dialogue down to fit the lip sync. Mm. Well, no, it'd be like, yeah, why is the animation paused? Because this guy's still speaking. Yeah, for another half an hour. For another uh, half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. And, That's and according crazy. To, to the to the account that I found here, uh, Tarantino instead recommended Neil Gaiman to write the script. Huh. That's interesting. I didn't know they had crossed over. Yeah, and and then so apparently that that was that was the case of that. I thought it was kind of interesting. I like that. Yeah, and let me see what else did I have in here. There was there was some really interesting stuff I think around you say the the studio involvement, if you like. Again, I'm going to read largely verbatim from the trivia I stole from IMDb. So, sorry, guys. When Harvey Weinstein obtained the North American distribution rights to Princess Mononoke, he approached Miyazaki and insisted on that they make a shorter version of the film that would be better suited for the American audiences. And Miyazaki was still so upset by the heavily cut version of his Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind that he angrily left the meeting. Several days later, Studio Ghibli producer Toshio Suzuki received a katana sword Sorry, sent a katana sword to Weinstein's office with no cuts embedded into the blade. Yeah, I read that. That's awesome. I thought that was pretty cool. It's like, yeah, make make your point almost literally. And so what? If you were to cut the movie or, or make any cuts to it, we're going to use this katana you. on you. Yeah. And then the kicker on that, when asked about the incident in an interview, Miyazaki simply smiled and stated, I defeated him. And good, because that guy's a piece of crap. Because, yeah. Yeah, because the history bears that out. Yeah, which I thought was was pretty cool. Going back to the 
again, this guy, Steve Alpert, the head of the um, animation of Studio Ghibli's International Division. There were some things in here around the meetings that they were having. Mm-hmm. I mentioned a little bit of it before. And, you know, talking about being asked to to make cuts to dialogue or to, to try and explain things and be a little bit more, I don't know, westernized, I suppose, is that the word? Yeah, we know what you mean. And Miyazaki had given given them a short list of things to be aware of. We talked about a couple before around, um, you know, Jigo, all that kind of thing. The things that look like rifles are not rifles. Rifles are a different thing. These are more like portable cannons. Do not translate them as rifles. But they did. Yeah, and it's it's you know because I was thinking that too. When you watch it, they are definitely cannons. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just the way yeah. they are designed. Yeah, and they're kind of held to look like look like rifles, which again is kind of weird. I thought. Well, they yeah. they hold them over their shoulders though when they fire them. Mm. So it's almost like a bazooka. But interesting that they just disregarded that. And there was lots of lots of things that kind of needed, or they felt needed to be explained, or that they got lots of questions around. And again, a quote: One woman with a pronounced Brooklyn accent asked, "So why do they call this Ashitaka guy a prince?" Neil Gaiman answered, "Because he is a prince." Yeah, she said, but how do we know he's a prince? He lives in this crummy dirt village. His clothes are rags. His tiny village is in the complete middle of nowhere. How can he be a prince? Some text being everybody's used to princes and princesses being, I guess, one kind of normal. Crowns. Wow. I I love this bit. We know he's a prince because everyone refers to him as Prince Ashitaka, Gaiman said. He's a prince because his father was king, and he will be king when his father dies. The filmmakers have told us he's a prince. He's a prince. He just is. Nice. And they fired that lady on the spot, yeah? <laughs> the discussion between Gaiman maintaining that a prince can remain a prince despite his reduced circumstances and the Miramax woman who argued that audiences would not accept a prince with a village, kingdom, and bad clothes continued. Neil Gaiman. Look, his being a prince is important to the story. It's part of his character. I believe it's what Mr. Miyazaki decided. We're supposed to be adapting this film for an American audience, not changing it. Nice. Miramax. The audience won't get it that he's a prince. Gaiman. Of course they will. The audience isn't stupid. If they were, they wouldn't get the rest of the film either. <laughs> nice. End of the quote. And the next line is, we moved on. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to say, that makes me like Neil Gaiman so much more than I already did. Yeah, I, I've actually, I'm, I'm going to hunt out that book because I'm really keen to read more of these kinds of stories. I think this is yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Um, that is so good. I'm glad he did that because absolutely. I, I had, I never, it never even crossed my mind that, he shouldn't be a prince or he doesn't come across as a prince. No. It's, it is what he is. It's, it's what yeah. we're told. So Absolutely. It's even, it's even like in the way, the way the voice goes, I think, and it's the way he's animated and where he, he sits and stands and you're looking at it going, this is not, you know, looks like a prince. But even if he is in rags or whatever, it's like it's the, the tone of his village. Like he can still be the prince. Yeah, that's bizarre. Yeah, it doesn't need, it doesn't need a castle or something, right? It's, no. It's, I mean, it mentions in here there's, there's some things which I'm not going to in detail or anything, but some changes were made. There's, there's obviously give and take in here. I read one version here that said that there were five uh, drafts of the script, which the Miramax then took away for a long time and then went back and then and Gaiman took another run at it just to, to correct some or to, to alter some other things to get it where it, where it needed to be. You know, script for final release. But So there's definitely a little bit of give and take, but I, I do love the fact that he just stood his ground and said, well, you know, what's the filmmaker's intent, right? You you don't get to just change everything. Yeah, I like that line where you said, we're adapting it, we're not changing it. No, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. That's a, that's a really central point, yeah. yeah. So so that, that was, I thought, some interesting behind-the-scenes type stuff, just in terms of how do you get from one to the other and keep the integrity of it. And, and if they changed anything in terms of the visuals or the look of it, you just it would be criminal. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, the only thing they could have done was, was cut scenes out. 
Mm. And not that I would want the movie changed necessarily, but, you know, there are some bits that go on a bit, but I'd still want to leave them in. I wouldn't want to butcher someone else's film. Because, again, it's already been edited. And the point was made by Gaiman. Man, I'm so glad that it turned out this way. Yeah, very much so. Mm. And it's for, for, I guess, kind of the pioneer, one of the first one you're going to do. It came out fantastically well. You know, I'm sure that if, if it had gone the other way and he who shall not be named had got his way, <laughs> then we wouldn't have Spirited Away or How's Moving Castle or anything that came after Mononoke. Well, no. Because no. Miyazaki would have just been like, nah, you had two chances and you buggered it up twice. So peace out. Yeah, and, and even if he, if he continued on even making them, because it won apparently the, the Japan Academy Prize for Picture of the Year, first animated movie ever to do so. Yep. See me slot that trivia in there smoothly. <laughs> and even if he continued from there, would we have got, would they just have stayed in Japan? Would it have just been movies within Japan and not released anywhere else? Yeah, so it would have been an absolute tragedy. Yeah, and I think John Lasseter, who now, as it turns out, another piece of crap, but I think he was instrumental in a lot of the Ghibli stuff making it over here. Uh, sorry, into America and mm. to Western audiences. Yeah, just uh, just the the influence of it, I guess, for, from people like like him from a creative point of view, at any rate. Yeah, that's right. Well, this is before we all knew both of those guys were pieces of crap. But mm. yeah, so I guess it's the at least thank thank uh, Miyazaki and Ghibli, I guess, for it, it inspires people or uh, produces more movies like this. And maybe that's yeah, it's always a great flow on plus a cracking movie. Yeah, very. I'm just glad that they kept the random scene. Of the apes and the monkeys wanting to eat Dude. the human because mm-hmm. I cracked up at that and that was awesome. I wanted to talk about that before. That's, I love those monkeys, <laughs> those apes. They're just the, They're like, <laughs> the way they talk. Let us eat him. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it so much. This is after he's, um, son's got the, the wolf to take Ashitaka's head out of his mouth. Mm. That freaked me <laughs> yes. out, I've got to say. Yeah, that guy almost died again. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then the monkeys turned up. Yep, and they were, and it was the first time you see the apes, and they're all like sort of in shadow with these glowing red eyes, mm-hmm. which you find out later is not at all what they look like. And just the way they're talking without their mouths moving, and the way they're voiced, it's so cool. I really like that scene a lot. One thing I just thought of that was that was funny was the 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 guy who runs the sort of the army, and when he says he can't swim, so he walks underwater. Oh yeah, because oh, um, Ashitaki <laughs> tells him to. He goes, well, if you can't yeah. swim, just walk along the bottom. And then he does. And he does it. Yeah. So good. It's very good. It's got a lot of good humor in this movie too, and especially because it's been adapted. So I don't know, again, if, if you actually watch it in Japanese and understand Japanese and don't rely on the subtitles, what levels of comedy are in it. But there's some really good comedic beats in this movie too. Yeah. I love the bit where he bends the sword. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he walks away from it. And when he comes back, he's still looking at this bent sword. <laughs> It annoyed me because I feel like when you saw the bent version, I was like, if you unfurled that, I'm sure that's way longer than the sword was. But that's just me being... That is true. That yeah. is true. Yeah. But it was a funny gag. and effect, it's really good though. Yeah. Coming back to it a few minutes later made it even funnier. Um, Clayton, what's your favorite scene of this movie then? Oh, Abby, a toss-up because there's quite a few. Like anytime somebody got decapitated or their arms come yeah. off, the monkey scene because <laughs> I crack up at that monkey scene all the time. <laughs> Anytime the little white forest spirits come up, because I crack up at those as yeah. well. So there's there's quite a few, but I think the most powerful scene would be the the part where he is the the part where San comes into Iron Town. They have that fight, and then he gets shot, and he walks out, and everybody's just watching him. Yeah, 
and nobody wants to go to attack him. And they're like, please, just just stay. And he's like, I came in this way. I'm going to go out this way. And pushes the door open, then boom, goes out. Yeah, that was awesome. Anyone else have a standout scene? I know Brian said that was also his favorite. On top of that one, I, I love the, the sequence where Okoto is heading towards the, the Enchanted Forest. And San is trying, is trying to keep up with him and to divert him away. And just as he's powering his way, sort of blind up the hill, you know, and he stumbles and she stumbles. And I think it's just really fantastically animated. And she's trying to convince him the whole time. I, I love that whole sequence. I thought that was really, really well done. Yeah, it was. There's also, um, maybe not favorite, but one that stands out is when Sana's been sort of captured by the, the boar demon. It's just like so uncomfortable. She's just like inside these mm. massive tentacle things, just like consuming yes. her. That's man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just kind of screaming to get out. And, you, and you, yeah. I loved it. I, I did like that when all these things are happening, you're not quite sure. Is he going to get her out? Mm-hmm. What happens to her? You know, and genuinely not, not, you can't anticipate what happens in the movie, I think. Yeah, because by that point, you're getting near the end too. So there's yeah. all believability that she could be done for. Mm-hmm. But it was cool when she came out, she was infected too. Well, she'd have to be. Yeah, but just like continuity wise. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that made sense. Sweet. But she only has to be infected for a little while. And like Ashitaka, who lived with it for however long the movie set over. Yeah, and you still got the scar at the end. So just a reminder, not quite all gone, or I don't know. Cool. So have we said all we want to say about Princess Mononoke? I think so. Yeah. The only other thing that I had was just one tiny, tiny little piece of trivia in here. Oh, yeah. Was it the only other piece of alternate casting that I could find? Was there was alternate casting? Leonardo DiCaprio was apparently considered for Ashitaka. Oh, Okay. And it's the only that's the only sort of thing of, of its kind that I saw, and I in one place, so I'm not sure that I can verify it. So, and if it had been, it would have been so you know him, him and Claire Danes again in a movie, Romeo and Juliet. Yep. Which again, which would have made the romance. ending even worse. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was the only the one I just wanted to drop in there to try and wrap your brain around that, along with Quentin Tarantino. That one blows my mind. Yeah, I know, right? How did I not even know that before, <laughs> man? So I will say before we wrap up, in terms of comic book connections. And not the fake ones, like we're saying he's got a Hulk arm and he's an archer like Hawkeye. Um, actual legit ones. <laughs> but he was. <laughs> but legit ones. So Billy Crudup is Ashitaka and he was Dr. Manhattan in Watchmen. And he was the Flash's dad in Justice League, both the 2017 and the Snyder Cut. So double one there. And obviously Neil Gaiman has written some very famous comics, including Sandman and that universe. And anything else I'm missing? Off the top of your heads, probably is. Nothing I think of. Um, oh, Keith- I didn't pay attention to the actors or actresses, I'm sorry. Keith David was in, he did uh, Despero, I think it was, in Justice League cartoon. Yeah, and I was wondering it's, if it's he bit, did It's something. a bit of a reach, but yeah. No, um, it still counts. John DiMaggio, I'm not sure in terms of superheroes, but he's certainly done lots of geeky stuff. Like I say, with hundreds of voice acting gigs and video games and all of that kind of thing. He must have done something in one of the many animated superhero TV shows. He must have in there somewhere. Wasn't he in Batman Brave and the Bold or something? Surely. Oh, he, he was Aquaman. Yeah, yeah. Yes, of course he go. was. The fantastic Aquaman, by the way. Oh, fantastic Aquaman. As a complete tangent, if any of you can hunt out a, a documentary movie that John DiMaggio made called I Know That Voice, which is about an hour and a half worth of just talking to voice actors and listening to voice actors. And it's just, it's a terrific piece of film and really entertaining. So I'd fully recommend it if you can find it. I know that voice. Nice. Okay. So at this point then, should we go around the virtual table and do our thumbs ups? We'll start with the obvious. Clayton, how many thumbs up? I would two. Figured so. Not being smug, but you made it very clear. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is like the, the sixth or seventh time I've watched this movie. And I don't get bored with it any time I watch it. Yeah. So Nice. Yeah. Good. 
Brian? It has to be two. I was kind of torn past a couple of days thinking just the ending and just that little bit of the voice acting I didn't like and how can I dial it back and I can't do it. It's got to be two. Okay. Jared. Clean sweet. Uh, Who's feeling the pressure now? Yeah, I definitely am. Um, I'm afraid I might have to break it up. I think I'll I'll go one and a half. It's definitely better than a one. But one and a half is what I would would give it. That's why I made you go before me because I didn't want to be <laughs> one. <laughs> um, yeah, because I'm giving it one and a half as well. Because um, I do, I really, really like it, and it's a stunning looking piece of film. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, there's a few things that just you know the maybe it's just me, but the preachiness in certain parts and mm. the I don't know. I I feel like there's a few bits that drag on a little bit but so what again one and a half for me one and a half no in total seven look who's doing the maths Ooh, yeah seven seventy percent that's a good number i'll take that for my for my run of scores i'll take that we will seven out eight yeah probably Mm -hmm. oh seven out it's more than seventy percent i was thinking 10 for some reason This episode of the Heritage Film Club is brought to you by the New Zealand Education System. We can't teach us to add or work out percentages. Maths. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, anyway. <laughs> oh, man. We well, will... None of us has a calculator. Stay in really? school, kids. Stay in school. Jesus, that's bad. <laughs> I just, for some reason, I thought 10 in my head. I don't know why. <laughs> well, okay. You know, we, we don't judge you for the number of, of digits you've got, Michael. I mean, it's. You know... <laughs> Yeah, I've, yeah, I've got those extra fingers. That's why I was counting yep. those extra thumbs. Oh, man, eighty-seven point five percent. That is a good score. Nice. I will fully, I'll fully take that. Yeah, good score. Nice. There's probably right. people who will crucify us Sweet. and say this is a clearly a one hundred film. You gave Commando a hundred. <laughs> Shut the <there>. Yeah, <laughs> these are the same people or the ones who stuck in after I said that I liked this better than Spirited Away. So, yeah, I'd be interested now to see what I would give Spirited Away because I haven't seen that for a long time. But anyway. 87.5 is nothing to sneeze at. That's in the higher end of our movies. Mm-hmm. It's a good number. It is. Now you you transitioned into the lower end of the movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. So That's actually, a- good call, because I was about to go into our outro, and I completely forgot that we have to um, announce the next movie. <laughs> so before I do that, because I also forgot, we are going to be taking a small break. I know, we just came back a little while ago, but life happens. So we will be skipping two episodes So we will be back on May the 9th with a new episode. And on that new episode, so you've got plenty of time to watch it, but it's Clayton's choice, so let's see if you want to watch it. (laughs) Clayton, what is your choice for episode 19 of the Heritage Film Club? So I'm going to break the full fog down for our listeners a little bit. So I actually wanted to do the Snyder Cut. Uh, you know, the four-hour masterpiece that it was. Um, but two of the people decided that if I put that out there, they wouldn't actually come back on the podcast. So, unfortunately, I'm going to take that off and choose another movie. Oh, that, was that was the best build-up ever. You've been threatened with firing before, but that's the first time anybody's ever threatened to quit. Yeah, so I can't I can't pick that. So, hey. so I'm going to select a movie that I have seen before. Going in my normal route rotation because the last movie, Magic Mike, was a movie that I haven't seen. And because you guys threatened to quit, I'm bringing horror back on the table. And we are watching the 2004 cult classic that started a franchise, Gory As. We are watching Saw. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Serves you all right. <laughs> You just you just want to keep getting all the low scores. Hey, I love Saw. Saw's an awesome movie. 
Okay. I okay. have one I have one follow-up question for you. Yeah. How many male strippers are in this movie? None, but it's a like okay. it's psychological. I'm sold. <laughs> so I can't, has anybody seen so? Yes, I've seen it. Oh yeah. I haven't seen it. Oh, that's oh, not me. Uh, no. Yeah. a lot of horror. No, no, I'm good here. Ah. All right. It's a completely different horror to Halloween. See, that's okay. yeah, yes. That somebody asked on here well, sorry, someone asked on Twitter the other day and tagged our Twitter in it to answer ten horror movies you can't live without. And I had to sit there and think for ages because I don't watch a lot of horror movies and I'm the yeah. one running the account. But I did come up with some bangers. But Saw did not make that list. So let's see if my list gets rewritten. Spoiler, <laughs> it's not getting rewritten. But let's see. I'm interested to see what Brian and Jared think of this movie. Because again, Clayton spoiled it and we already know what he thinks. <laughs> hey, it's a movie I've seen before. So you know what I like. I'm going to pick something I like to watch to watch again. How long ago did you watch it? Oh, probably about a year or so ago. It's been heaps of years for me. But I but I binged like the whole franchise. Oh yeah, we're not doing any more. We'll give you the one. We're not doing. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. We're just doing Saw One, the original one, because that's the best one. So no. like anything, really. And then I'll follow it up with my choice of Hostel. No jokes. I will not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's going to be a a very tonal shift when I get my choice. All right. So anyway, we will be back on May the 9th with our episode. Saw. Yes. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Until then, you can follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Heritage Film Pod. Go and leave us your comments on anything you want, really, but maybe on Saw, and then we'll read them out on the show. And Jared, I was going to ask mm-hmm. you about the Spotify playlist. Yes. This has got some really good score in this movie in um, Princess yeah, Mononoke. What are you going to be doing? Yeah. Is there anything on Spotify? Yeah. Um, I'm sure there there will be. Um, hopefully because yeah, it's it's such a great soundtrack and it would be a great addition to the the playlist. Cool. Okay. Well, we'll see what Jared comes up with. Okay. Well, folks, you might be listening to this on Spotify already, so you're already there. Go and uh, hit up our playlist on Spotify under the Heritage Film Club. If you're not listening to this on Spotify, just go and listen to it anyway. You don't have to sign up for premium or anything. It's free. You can get the soundtrack to our show curated by Jared. So. Until we're back, go and watch Saw, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we will see you back in about a month. Until then, we are out. That's the end, thanks for listening.